Jeff Lagerman, Kevin Favor, and Kirk Waltz. Good morning and welcome to Hot Life Outdoor Show. I'm Jeff Lagerman, and we've got a full house in studio today. And I think, what, you're getting ready to take off on a trip here before too long to the wilds of North Carolina trout fishing when you go there. Yeah, we're, we're, we're talking Kevin about Favre it. Kevin Favor and Kirk Waltz. It, it, uh, I, but we, we kind of got confused dates, honestly, because Kirk had already taken those dates off. He was going to... Uh, you're going to the Southeastern South- Wildlife Expo, yeah, oh, which is uh, Charleston, South Carolina. That's yeah. uh, uh, just a real, real quick yeah. thought on that yep. because uh, that that's a great event, and a lot of people we always talk about the NWTF, the QDMA, the uh, the big convention that they have in Nashville, the Land and Wildlife Expo. There's right. a lot of great things to go and see. That's got to be one of them regionally. That's is one of the, your favorites. It's a premier event. It's it's typically sold out. You've got thousands of artists from all over the world. You've got, you know, representatives from Perina that do dog trials there. You've got uh, guys, some of the world's renowned turkey callers. Uh, you know, what is it? Love it. Uh, Love it, Williams. Love it, Williams yeah. was there a couple of years ago. Different When's the date on that for, it, for those that may want to go? It is the weekend, Kevin. Of the 17th, of the 18th, 17th, and 19th. Right. Yeah. Of February. <clears throat> right. Of mm-hmm. February. They take up every venue in the city. They take up every city park. They have a raptor display in, in Marion Park, which is a big center area in, in downtown Charleston. Last year they had birds of prey from all over the world. They actually walked over to the old Citadel, which was, you know, if, if you know anything about the South, the Citadel was a college that was founded on the same principle as the Military Institute, uh, West Point. Mm-hmm. And it looks like a little fort. <clears throat> anyway, they took the raptors to the top of that, had a, a guide down in the center of the, of the, of the plaza or the park stand there with a glove and they would let these raptors and they had him train to fly down to his glove and it was it was cool i mean you're talking about you know birds that we don't see around here birds that are big enough to like catch small deer small yes absolutely yeah alive and pick them up i mean (laughs) raptors from the middle east eagles that i've never seen before you know but but it was really unique to be able to go in and see them up real close see how they interact with humans how they interact with each other one of the things that I was really impressed with is they had these huge buzzards, and they were trained. And, <laughs> you know, the only time we ever see buzzards is either up in the sky or when we're hunting, you know, yeah. after we discard our remains on top of those old remains mm-hmm. on the side of a road or something mm-hmm. like that, you know, catching roadkill. And it was really neat to see them up close because they're, they are huge birds. And they play a very big part in, in our outdoor life, you know, our, you know. We represent the hunt life. Part of the circle. They are part of the complete circle, Jeff and and Kevin. And it was, it's really neat to see that. And then you go into the, the hotels and the areas and, and even one of our, uh, esteemed colleagues, uh, Ford Riley. C. Ford Riley. C. Ford Riley, which is probably one of the most, uh, renowned Southeast artists. He's there. He's one of the nationally renowned period wildlife artists of our era. Absolutely. Absolutely. Without a doubt. He's there exhibiting his works, but you've got, Artists that do venues in wood, I mean whole body bronzes, 
you've got uh, you've got uh, pen and ink, charcoal, everything you can think of about art and how it's made and put together. These guys and, and ladies from all over the world they represent it, and it's really neat because it's all about wildlife. Well, Charles, Charleston <laughs> is a really a, a neat town. It is uh, the the famous book that was written about Charlestown, uh, Midnight in the Garden of Good uh, Good and Evil, was, which was Savannah. Right. It's it's very similar to that kind of a town. You know, Savannah, Georgia, mm-hmm. and Charleston. Charleston's a beautiful town. <clears throat> well, even some of those small... And your uh, hometown. It's my hometown. It's yeah. where I grew up. And, you know, the the thing that's unique about Charleston... That'd be uh, South Carolina, folks. That's well, right. I mean, we got listeners from all over the country, right. and they're probably going, where's Charleston? <laughs> West Virginia, by God? Yeah. <laughs> that's, well, that's I mean... not the by God of Charleston. It's... Uh, <laughs> Charleston, South Carolina. Even like where you grew up in Williamsburg, Virginia. You know, a, a lot of these old cities that were built, you know, during the Re- Revolutionary War, pre-Revolutionary, Civil War, what they've done in order to keep the historical significance intact is they, they leave the buildings the same. The the the, the cobblestone roads mm-hmm. have been like that for 200-plus years. The buildings are the same. And so it's really unique when you go into the city because once you get into the core of it, it's it represents a very valid part of the our history. South. Yeah, the old South. Yeah, and it's really neat to walk around. You go into a restaurant, and it's been the same for you know two hundred years, even though the internal part of it's changed a little bit. And you eat dinner, and it's just like, wow, this is really cool. But I think for us, and we've been going every year for years and years, is just the unique opportunity to see all these art exhibits. I like art. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I used to draw a lot when I was younger. And you can't afford any of it. I can't afford any of it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you go up to a, Jeff, Kevin, you go up to a, a, a piece of work, and you're looking at it, and you go, oh, that's really nice. Yeah. And Kate and I go, oh, that's really good. And then you look at the price tag, $25,000. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> a G Clay, and it's like forty grand. You know? <laughs> that's right. You go over to the business card, and it's like, well, you can have the business card. Yeah. yeah I'll take that. You know, we'll blow this up somehow. And so you're heading to that. Uh, are you going to reschedule? Yeah, I'm going to reschedule with. With my good uh, good buddy Mark Helmick, and uh, simply like I said, that that's just a week that that Kirk takes off every year, and yeah. and we all know that, and 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 he and I had gotten confused on our dates. Yeah, I apologize. No, that's too. all right. That's all right. And uh, so so I'm going to reschedule. And, and so uh, so uh, you're basically going to go fishing for rainbow trout. Yeah. In the mountains of North Carolina. Yep. Yep. And, and, and fly fishing, which you know, with with like you know four weight rods, which mm-hmm. uh, now to me. That's what fly fishing's about. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I, Jeff, I, and Kirk, I know you get it all the time. You know, guys want to fly fish around here. Yeah. And, and, and I struggle with that. I really do. You know, I mean, because, you know, not like our good buddy Larry Minyard, who is probably the top fly fishing guide, I, I think, on that, the, we know. Uh, that we know on the East well, Coast. And Larry is, but, uh, is he still an Orvis endorsed guide? Which, I mean, Orvis endorsed <clears throat> guides, I mean, are considered, you know, top of the food chain. I think he is. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure he is. But he's set up to do that. Yeah. You know, he's got the flats boat. He's got the push pole. Sure, sure. You know, he's, he can get up in the skinny water where you can see fish. And, and Kirk and I, you know, we're running bigger boats than that. Um, so we can't do that. We can't do that. Yeah. Well, that'll be cool. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. And, and plus, you know, you, you um, gosh, Jeff, for, for, for around here, there's so much going on that weekend. I mean, I, I, I actually have some, um, so, you know, cause when I booked those dates, uh, I, Again, I got Mossy Oak Pro Staff stuff going on. Mm, yeah. uh, you got the Bud Shootout in Daytona, Saturday yeah, evening. That's coming up. You know, um, and, and that's that, that's always you know to me that's one of the, the the best races. I know you know a lot of, a lot of folks around the nation they think of the Daytona 500 and 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 I go to that too. 
But the Bud Shootout? Yeah, it's a little fast, more fast and furious. Well, it's oh, shorter, yeah. isn't it? It's, huh? it's a shorter run. Oh, it's run. way shorter, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and mm. and, uh, and it's the, the best part about it is general admission. You buy a ticket, you, you sit, sit where you want. Sit where you want. So all your buddies, you know, we get 25, mm-hmm. 30 of us and go, and, and it's a night race, too. So it, anyway, you, you know, there's... You can the, tailgate. Oh, uh, well, yeah. you can. Yeah, it's, it's, I guarantee a lot of that happens. It's it, it, it's pretty ugly, but um, you know, had had by the way, had had a great weekend last weekend up at the property. I know you, you we had all talked about it. I was going up there to plant fruit trees, and my gosh, the weather here in the south has been, it's been unbelievable. It's been well, un- it's, unlike anything I've ever seen. Hey, it's it's been been that way pretty much across the country this year. We've had a very mild winter. Uh, I know talking my cousins up in the in northern Midwest, you know, Minnesota, North Dakota. Yeah, right. I mean, they just, you know, the, the snow just really hadn't been there. Right. Wow. You, you know, so then they're like, you know, geez. And, and you know, the Super Bowl week has been 50 degrees in Indianapolis. Yeah. I mean, but, so, you know, it, it's been crazy. It has. And, and, and you know, I I had a chance to go up to uh, our biologist's uh, property this week, uh, Dr. Dave Edwards, and he's not a doctor. He I, I know he's on TV. He, he, he is. A, to me, he plays one on TV. He's a wildlife biologist, Dave Edwards. He, he is to he me though. Works at a place in uh, southern Georgia along the coast called Cabin Bluff. Yeah, which right is behind a, Cumberland Island. High end. Uh, in fact, uh, understatement. There's a magazine out that there was an extensive article in it, and it was a cool magazine. I happened to read, pick up this magazine, and it's called Guns and Garden. Yep. I got a subscription. Yep. That is a great magazine. Yeah. Yep. I've seen you know, that. I like magazines, but I want to have, you know, I kind of get tired of the same old, same old. Yeah. Right. Guns and Garden is a cool magazine, and they had a big feature on Cabin Bluff there. And it was very cool to read because I had a chance to see Cabin Bluff, and you now have had a chance I did. To see he invited it. me up this week. and, and Did asked, you hunt? I did. He asked me if I wanted to come up and, and uh, shoot a hog, and I love to bow hunt. I'm so ate up with it right now. And, and we went up to our property this week, and, and Larry and I. Did a little hog bow, uh, not bow, but hog uh, squirrel hunting with the 22s. And uh, David invited me up at the same time. And I said, you know what? I'm going to double dip. You know, I'm going to do that in the morning and race back to Fargo and hunt squirrels in the afternoon. And it was awesome. I mean, to say it's nice is an understatement. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about a piece of land that was developed prior to the 1920s where they actually have pictures of President, uh, what is it, uh, Calvin Coolidge on the wall on one of the buildings is called the Coolidge House. Mm-hmm. And it was just unbelievable to walk around. I, I grew up around old Southern aristocracy and plantations and stuff like that. So I'm very familiar with that smell when you walk into a building. Oh yeah. And you can tell it's old, Jeff, Kevin. Yeah. And that, 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 you know, slat pine or, or tongue and groove pine and, and the fact that it's just old, it just envelops your senses and you take a whiff and you go, Oh, this is so old. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And then we go out in the woods. Did he kill a hog? Brother, <laughs> he had me in this perfect setup, and he said, now they're going to come down the trail to the right. It's a huge oak hammock into the swamp in the, uh, what is that, the Altuma, Altamaha River? I believe Altamaha. Altamaha River yeah. that scoots through there. And it's a big peninsula, and you've got marsh on, on both sides all the way around to the point. And he said, man, i got this great spot. These hogs are coming in. We want to get rid of them. We're going to set you up to stand in there. How many arrows did you take? <clears throat> I took four. Okay. And he looked at me and goes, I'm glad to see you've got four because you might need them all. And I said, hey, I'm I'm game, brother. Bring it on. Bring it. And you go into this oak hammock, guys, and I'm telling you, I've seen many patches of woods growing up. It is by far atypical of a southern coastal plain mm, oak hammock. It is beautiful, Kevin. I mean, it's. It, you remember Tommy Clay's? Mm-hmm. 
big old Okamic area down, uh, what is it? That's, uh, floor Home, Florida. Floor, floor Home, Florida. It is beautiful, folks. But if you get into this place, which is right behind Cumberland Island, it is just unbelievable how pretty. You're talking 250, 300-year-old oak trees. Mm. And I'm sitting in this stand, and the, and the sun's popping up, and I'm going, this is so beautiful. I mean, it's got deer, hogs, and turkey written all over it. Anyway. Did you hear I'm, any gobbling? I didn't hear any. I heard one cluck way off in the distance. So I, I was prepared to listen for the goblin, but I didn't hear it, which I'm kind of glad. You no, know, because a lot of people are saying, what, what's he talking about? It's, it's you know, it's February. Well, I mean, we talked about this warm weather. Right. I mean, we, you know, in our turkey season in the, well, not ours, because we're in, in northern Florida, but in southern Florida, the turkey season starts very early. And then in Florida, it starts pretty, in northern Florida, it starts pretty early. Right. And with this crazy weather that we've been having, our turkeys have started to gobble down here a little bit. Yeah, it yeah. may be over by the time. <laughs> but, <laughs> it might be. Yeah, kind of like it was. Well, so, so, so anyway. Anyway, he, yeah. he had a stand set up for me. He's a double ladder stand. I climb up in the stand, and he says, look, right at daybreak, he said, they're going to come in. So get ready. So I'm I'm up there getting my release on. Oh, you're nervous. Oh, yeah. yeah. And as soon as I hang the bow on the tree and I pull an arrow out of the quiver and lay it on the rest, I hear noise. I thought, oh, my gosh, here they come. I grab the bow, I swing around, and I take a puffer out real quick, and I hit it, and they are coming directly da- downwind of me. Oh. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's I one see. thing a hog can do is smell. That's right, brother. With Folks, they're they can, one of the best noses in the woods. Yep. They can't see real good. They can hear fairly well, but they can smell like you you won't believe. And sure enough, they do the – I can see them coming down the trail. I'm going, oh, man, this is not good. And I puff again, and it's going right into them. Two big old boars, they do a 180, stop, take a big whiff, grunt once or twice and squeal and then Come run on. off the other direction. I'm like, okay, bummer, you know. So 20 minutes goes by, I hear some more coming. And here comes a sow with about eight or ten shoats, which were small piglets, folks, for folks that have never hunted hogs. They come down the same trail. They catch a wind of me. She squeals, and they all turn around and run the other way. She just educated the whole herd. Oh man, the whole woods are like it. <laughs> I told I told Dave. I said it sounded like Jurassic Park in there. You know how they get yeah. where they're fighting and they're cutting each other. It's just like it sounds like dinosaurs. <laughs> so you never did get a shot. Couldn't get a shot. It was kind of a bummer. Um, saw plenty of hogs, and he's like, "Look, we just." We'll get them next time. You'll be time. back. Yeah. yeah, I'll be back. All right, folks, you're listening to the Hot Life Outdoors show with me, Jeff Loggeman, Kirk Waltz, Kevin Favor, short break, and plenty more to come right after this. As a deer hunter, I think this happens to us all. You're sitting in your stand and you catch a glimpse of a huge buck. It happens to be the same buck that fills your dreams and your trail cameras. When you saw him during bow season, he was just out of reach. During gun, he was chasing a doe and moving too fast. You've done everything possible to take this buck. You've moved stands, moved trail cameras. You've taken time off work you shouldn't have. You even missed your niece's wedding. This buck consumes your thoughts. As a matter of fact, there's times when your wife is talking to you, and even though you're looking right at her and shaking your head, you're thinking, man, I wish I had to move that stand on the creek bottom and not on that food plot. You hunt day after day, pass up deer after deer, and then it happens. The last day of deer season goes by, and you still have a tag in your pocket. During turkey season, you find his sheds, and your spirits soar. Starting about August, you put out your trail cameras. About two weeks into it, you finally get a picture of him. He is alive and still around. You look at that picture, and you say, 
game on. If this has ever happened to you, you need to be a part of Hunt Life. Visit HuntLife.com. Since the first days at Mossy Oak, we've been about getting close to critters. That's what drove us to create Original Breakup more than 12 years ago. Today we're doing it again with all new Breakup Infinity. Six layers of detail give it great depth of feel. 12 years of research give it unequaled, effective design. Hey, check it out in stores or online at mossyoak.com. Breakup Infinity from Mossy Oak, America's number one camel pattern, just got better. There was the explosion, and I remember just opening my eyes, and it got both of my legs. I had surgery after surgery, and what's going to happen next? The Wounded Warrior Project said, look, brother, everything's going to be okay. Three months from now, four months from now, a year from now, you'll be fine. I don't know if I would be as well adjusted as I am now if it wasn't for them. To learn more, call 1-877-832-6997 or visit woundedwarriorproject.org. And now, back to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. And welcome back to Jeff Logman, Kirk Waltz, Kevin Favor, and a, a big thank you to Ronnie Cuz Strickland last week, who was our guest here on the Hunt Life Outdoor Show, did a fantastic job talking about the uh, the USO tour that the outdoor community is going to be going on. And uh, if you uh, want to see, uh, if, I, if I remember correctly, the SHOT Show Daily, which was the publication that gets put out, the SHOT Show, which is held in Las Vegas every year, mm-hmm. has a daily publication, and it's got you know all the latest and greatest articles. We actually, uh, do, I think we still have it up on the homepage of the website, huntlife.com, uh, where we've embedded it. But you can also go to shotshow.org, and on their daily magazine, they have articles and, and interests. And I think it was the second day's publication that they have an article about who all is going on this tour. And it's, you know, Brenda Valentine and Ronnie Cuz Strickland, Michael Waddell. I mean, it's a whole group of... George Thornton. Yeah, George Thornton, president of NWTF. And, and they're all going to visit the troops. As Ronnie Cuz said, it's southeastern or southwestern, northwestern Asia. <laughs> right. Because, you know, Afghanistan and, and places like that. That's so, good stuff. Man. Yeah, and then, boy, I mean, there's not a better personality to go than some of the folks there because when we've had all of them on, we've had Michael Waddell, we've had George Thornton on, and we've had Brenda Valentine, and we've had all those people on our show here, the Hunt Life Outdoor Show, and they're all fantastic personalities, and I think it's going to be great for the troops over there to talk a little hunting and fishing. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's so many sportsmen over there that are members of the, the armed services i mean have an opportunity to meet those people firsthand after you've seen them on a video or something like that that's sure money, you know i'd go i would yeah, i think it'd be fantastic I, to I, do I, like I'd, that. I'd love to do that absolutely i'd yeah. do it in a minute yeah hey, i would too and, and not to change the subject jeff but i know that uh you know we've been talking about the warm weather here mm-hmm. in the south and and um last year which and in and, and talking to just about everybody here especially in the south you know we kind of had the same winter last year you know it was real warm um, and, and, and our, our, our turkey started gobbling and breeding in February and it was very tough yeah. come March and April. I mean, it was, it, it, it was, but I, I checked all my cameras last week yeah. right. and, and, and I've got seven cameras out and, and most all of my cameras had, had turkeys on them and, and all of the, you know, all the gobblers were still together. All, you know, all, had, had big hen groups and big gobbler groups. So that made me feel good. Yeah. That, 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 they hadn't you know, started yet. No, they hadn't started yet. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. And, and, uh, I got up Sunday morning and, and it was 32 degrees, yeah. zero wind. So you could hear forever. And, and I didn't hear any goblin, which actually made me feel good. Yeah. That's because, how I felt the other day. Because this time last year, brother, they were, 
they were gobbling and breeding. I mean, well, I, I, in our woods right there in the south end of Georgia um, that, that we went squirrel hunting this week, uh, there was no, no turkeys yelping or gobbling, which is which is a relief. I don't want to hear that. Yeah. Not this time of the year. Yeah. You know, last year was brutal. Brutal. I mean, I killed one turkey. He should do us one more than I killed. And I hunted hard. Dylan killed more than I did. Yeah, you know? well. You know? I mean, heck, I, I know last year uh, I struggled to, oh. to get one in my own backyard, you yeah. know, my own yeah. place, and, and then went to Nebraska and, and went to Nebraska, which is turkey heaven that's that's, and that's that's beyond that's that's not even it's not even fair no it's not it's, but but you know what had to work yeah to build the tags in nebraska last year and and everybody that we talked to and it didn't matter whether they were in texas right nebraska mm-hmm. missouri wherever it was a challenge last year yeah it was and i think i think the entire country had the breeding season start early <laughs> And it made it tough, you know. I mean, turkey hunting. A lot of people think, well, you get in a lot of turkeys, it's easy. Well, it's not. No, it ain't. No, it's it's to, to hunt turkeys. I mean, it takes some some skill and it takes some planning. And if they're if they're hand up, you know, it's almost like the what do you call it the the lockdown phase of the rut. Right. I mean, that's I guess what you would consider it like because mm-hmm. it's just they they just don't leave them. Right. And they're not going to come into a call, and that's just kind of how it works. So. Hopefully this year will be a little different yeah, it, along it, the part of what we're used to. I mean, I kind of compare it to, Jeff, like just exactly what you said. If we weren't allowed, if, if, if deer season didn't start until, let's just say, December 10th, you know, that, that, because that's, that's why they do turkey season when, when they do it, because they, they want the hens to be bred, mm-hmm. you know, and, and can you imagine not being able to hunt the rut? Can you, I mean, seriously, can you imagine no deer hunting the last two weeks of October and, and, and November? That's, mm. that really, that's the kind of comparison that you're making here mm-hmm. is by the time we get to them, it, it's, it's, it's lockdown mode, man. Yep. Well, you know, I didn't kill a turkey in Georgia last year. I went to, to, uh, Texas. Yeah. Major Harding. Yeah. What, uh, what town were you near? Oh gosh. I knew you were going to ask me that. We're outside the, San Angelo, Texas. San Angelo. And I'm trying to think of the name. 80 of the miles outfitters. north of the Mexican border. The outfitter that you went to, uh, uh, five star, five outfitters. star, five star yep. outfitting. Yeah, Cody and his guys. They mm-hmm. were great too, by the way. Great, great hunt. A lot of fun. But it was hard hunting there too. And I mean, you know, you hunt in a place too. Like here in the south, you can always jump behind a, a, a pine tree <laughs> or get behind an yeah. oak tree or jump into some palmettas down there. If you jump in anything, it's going to be full of thorns and stickers, yeah. you know, or in a pile of rocks. There's no trees down there. You talk about hard hunting. I mean, yeah, I'm, without I'm looking, a ground blind. Looking done. very much forward to turkey season. Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who who I go to Nebraska with, Buzz. Uh, his real name is Warren. And uh, Buzz, I was talking to him. He, I guess he called you about mm-hmm. a vehicle. What anyway? And so I call him up, call him back a couple of days later after he called me. I was tied up doing some stuff, and so I called him back up, and and all of a sudden he answers the phone and. He's turkey practicing turkey calls. <laughs> that man's eat up with it. He is eat up. And I said, man, you've already broken out the turkey calls. I said, heck, I haven't even, you know, opened up my, because I got it. I keep all mine in a tackle box. You right. Know? Yeah. I, yeah. All mine's in my vest. Yeah. Yeah. Mine too. Mine's in my vest. <laughs> yeah. I said, I, I haven't even started practicing yet. And he says, I don't ever quit. Yeah. He practices turkey calls year round. I mean, that's how some people are. They're eat up with yeah. it. I don't yeah. know. When we went to Kentucky, you know, last year and hunted, Larry and I did. I kept the turkey call in my, in my, uh, is it open backpack. there? 
Is it open yeah, in the fall? Yeah, when we get there, the, the one week we get there, you can shoot them for that week. And, you know, shooting one with a bow from an it's elevated position. Almost impossible. Yeah, I mean, you talk about hard. Yeah. But it was neat calling to them because they're gobbling. I mean, you know, yeah. uh, the 31st of October, till uh, we were there till the 8th or 9th of November. The whole time we were there, I mean, they're every morning. Gobbles. You know, you hear the yak, 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 yak. And, you, and you, man, in those mountains, that is the coolest sound because mm -hmm. it just... It just kind of roars uh, down the you, side you, of the hollow. You have no idea. You you and and I had no idea till I went to Nebraska this year. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Uh, Kirk, you're, you're talking thousands. Am I exaggerating, Jim? No. I mean, literally. I mean, you know, because in the in the I South we talk about this all the time. You know, hey man, old Longbeard's back. You mm -hmm. know, we hunt one turkey. All year sometimes. You're right. You know, we have one, dude, there's thousands of gobblers. I'm going, you, I, I was sitting here on, on the, on the first, the first morning in, in Nebraska this year, and I could care less if I saw a deer. Kirk, down these canyons, it was like, and, and then Colt, it was, was sitting, he was sitting on the roost. He's that's your son. That's your son. He, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. He was, he was sitting on the roost and, and he's texting me. He's like, dad, mm -hmm. oh my God. You know, I mean, he, he literally had hundreds and hundreds of gobblers just around him because Je Jeff described this roost to us before. And, and again, until you see it, until you hear it, yeah. you just don't understand. No. You know, that is kind of a weird feeling too. If you're up in the deer woods, you're not expecting it. It's colder than poo, at least when we were hunting. It was 30 degrees. So I got all my fleece on. It was 19 on. that morning. I got my my gator all the way pulled up to right underneath my eyes. I just got a crack so I can see. And I'm all I'm not moving. I'm standing there with that bow in my hand. And, and you're, you're moving your head real slow to the left or right, watching for a deer. And all of a sudden, there's one 100 yards away in one of those hollows. And, they, ah, and it's like by, <laughs> if you about fall out of the tree. You go, oh, my God, what was that? You know, you're going, holy crap. <laughs> you're right, Kirker, you're right, though, because, I mean, when you have the sound that echoes when a gobbler gobbles and it echoes across, you know, a valley or a canyon, and there's something to that. Yeah. It is incredible. Something to that. And then you get to, like, high plains areas like in Nebraska, when you get out of those canyons, you get up on the hills, yep. and they gobble, they don't sound right. No. Well, and the thing that we have here is... And they do have a different sounding gobble. Mm -hmm. It seems there. richer. I mean, I don't know. The oh, parts our, that oh, we were listening to in Kentucky, their their gobble was thick and rich. Well, that's those big easterns. Yeah. You know, when you when you start talking about those Rios, the first time I heard a Rio was I was in Washington State, and and I was sitting there with with Kerry, and I had never heard one. I had no idea. I didn't even know that there was a difference. They're different. And, and it went. Yeah. And I went. That's exactly yeah. what it was. I, like. I went. What was that? I, yeah. Was, was that, that a, a Jake? You know. And, then, <laughs> and I went. That, that's, that's not, good. That's, yeah. Thanks, that's pretty good. That's real good. <laughs> Practicing goblin class here on the Hot Life Outdoor Show with me, Jeff Logman, Kevin Favre, Kirk Walks. Hey, by the way, the, uh, show that we had with Ronnie Cuz Strickland, you can listen to it, go back and listen to it anytime at huntlife.com via the podcast. So check it out. And next week, uh, we're going to have a shark man. Yeah. And we, we come are. back, we'll talk about our guests for next week's show right here on the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. After sweating it out all afternoon, I have finally accepted that no turkey of any kind lives within a mile of where I'm sitting. Time to pack it in. And just in time to get a text from Joe. He's wrapping it up, too, with tags filled. Ouch.
But as I throw in the towel, it hits me. In just 30 minutes, I'll be back at camp. We'll all settle in, kick back, talk about the day, cheer our successes, and cheer our failures. Best thing is, we'll do it all with a spirit of friendship and fellowship. It's the fellowship of hunters everywhere, safely home from the hunt. Without a doubt, this is the hunt life. If you're living the hunt life too, it's time you tell the world about it, even if it is a little chilly outside. Check out the online store at HuntLife.com for our ultra-warm hooded sweatshirt, fleece vest, and knit cap. This winter, show everyone you're living the hunt life. Visit HuntLife.com today. You want to get really close to critters this fall? Then you'll have to try all-new Breakup Infinity from Mossy Oak. Six layers of detail give it great depth of feel. Twelve years of research give it unequaled, effective design. Together, they represent the most dramatic, high-tech leap in the history of camo. Check it out in stores or online at mossyoak.com. Breakup Infinity from Mossy Oak, America's number one camo pattern just got better. Let fish and wildlife biologist Scotty Brown's 25 years of experience work for your property with Southern Sportsman Aquatics and Land Management. They help landowners on developing and managing properties where recreational fishing and or hunting is the priority. Their lake management services include fish population sampling, electrofishing, water analysis, vegetation establishment or reduction, lake design or renovation, and long-term management strategies for your water body's future. Southern Sportsman Aquatics and Land Management installs and repairs aeration systems, fountains, fish and game feeders, and their own design, Forever Tree Fish Attractors. They're experts in keeping small public water bodies and retention ponds in housing developments and golf courses working properly. So if you're looking to improve your property's aquatic resources, call Scotty Brown at Southern Sportsman Aquatics and Land Management at 214-383-3223. That's 214-383-3223. I've been a member of the Federation for 18 years. Federation stands for good stewardship of the resources and preserving our hunting heritage through those efforts, I want my kids to be able to enjoy the same privilege that I have. My father joined the Federation for me, and I've done the same for my children. Jakes, women in the outdoors, and wheeling sportsmen, they want to be the best conservation organization in the world. And now, back to the Hunt Life Outdoors Show. And welcome back. And uh, we, we talked about uh, go to huntlife.com and listen to the podcast from last week's show with Cuz Strickland talking about their USO tour, going to visit the troops, and uh, also a lot of hunting stuff. Well, next week's guest, there's a book that, Kevin, you just handed to me uh, mm-hmm. when we came in the studio here, and the book is called Shark Man of Cortez. Yep. Uh, and it's a story about a guy by the name of Captain Bill Goldschmidt. Uh, and this looks like a very interesting book. And let me just read real quick the back of the cover, you mm-hmm. know, cause that usually gives you a quick description. It says, learn the truth about sharks from a man whose livelihood depended on them. What kind of man goes out in a 20 foot, 22 foot long boat by himself to catch 16 foot sharks? What drives him to painstakingly document the behavioral de- details of every one of the 6,000 sharks he's caught between the beach and six miles offshore? Spanning four decades, Sharkman of Cortez takes the reader through the adventures and perils of Captain Bill, a man determined to make his living from the sea, and it goes on and on and on. 
Uh, this I looks am, like a very interesting book, and it, you've already started to read it. it. Interesting book and even a more interesting guy. Well, and as you told us during one of the breaks, he doesn't use a rod and reel. No, no, no. A lot of, he catches look, these with his hands. Yeah, yeah. Most of it, most of it is, uh, is, is hands. Does he still have his hands? Yeah. As or matter fingers? Of, as a matter of fact, you know, because um, God, he the, makes the, a couple fingers. The, the, the TV show that I have now, which is, is Tales from the Outdoor Show, which is on the Pursuit Channel, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, every Saturday morning. Just a little plug there. We actually had talked to him, Jeff, about going out and, and, and shooting a show mm-hmm. and doing this, but you can't do it anymore. It's, it's you know, the, the government has, has, has shut that down. You can't, you can't, what, touch the sharks? No, basically long line. Okay. Okay, because that's 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 what he was doing with chains and hooks and. Okay. Yeah, it, it's it's you have to read the book, but um, and, and so his his opinion of the government and things pretty like strong. that. Pretty strong. Pretty strong. Yeah. <laughs> That'll yeah. be fun. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, because I really I, I I would do that. I mean, I I would just be I I'd get it I'd get it the biggest thrill out of going out there and and pulling up. Well, I would I. I'd, I would do that in a heartbeat. It says in the uh, on the back cover here it says the uh, the tale of the book begins in 1967, which oh, cool. we all know that Eric Kirk, you know it very well. Mm. Oh well. Oh yeah. Uh, I was 11 years old. It was a, it was a unique time in in our history. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, he says he gets his first job on a crab boat and uh, begins what he believes will, will be a life of fulfilling all of his dreams. He encounters colorful local characters along the way, carving out a living and pioneering some of the most innovative ways to capture, view, document, photograph, and sell sharks, dead or alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, sharks very good to eat. Is there anybody that's not intrigued by oh, sharks? No one. I, I think everybody that fishes with Kevin and I, we're both professional fishing guides, captains here in Florida, North Florida, and, and we catch a lot of sharks in the summertime. And I, I never fail to see the enthusiasm in people that go, they always look at us, can you guys catch sharks? And we kind of laugh. <laughs> it's a chip shot for us. It's yeah. like, you see that boat over there? It, it, you catch all you want. And, and I know Kirk and I are, are, you know, very, very guilty of this because it, it, it's just like, just like my enthusiasm, Jeff, when, when, when I go to Kansas or Indiana, you know, going deer hunting and, 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 and just to see deer. I mean, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because, hey, I hunted for two weeks in the South this year, two weeks and I saw one deer, mm-hmm. you know, when you go hunting there, you're going to see deer. Right. You know, de- when you drive around, Jeff, when you drive around Nebraska, you see turkeys. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So so it, it's common yeah. to them. It's, it, and for, for Kirk and I, dude, it's sharks. Are you kidding me? Big uh, deal. It, it, no, big deal. But you get somebody from the Midwest or wherever, and they get on your boat, and they're like, hey, uh, you know, you think think we might see a shark today? You think? Uh, yeah, yeah. How hey, many would you like? To yeah, see? exactly. You want to see a bunch, or you just want to see yeah, one big yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or you want to see like twenty big ones? Yeah, we can do that too. Yeah. Or do you want to see a hundred? You know. Well, you guys have been, you know, where we are, which is North Florida, for a long time, and yeah. you guys have been fishing for a long time. And I, I came down here with the Jaguars in 1995, and so sharks were new to me. And mm-hmm. I remember my, for, you know, first time fishing, you know, offshore with you guys, and I was like, man. It's, we're going to see some sharks. And you know, that was the same way. Sure. Same as those oh, guys you yeah. talk about from the West and Midwest about sharks. And you know, you're intrigued by it. And now that I've been here for, gosh, how many years is that? Almost 17 years. years, you know, almost 20, 20 years, yeah. you know, that seeing a shark is now not a big deal. But I mean, still seeing the different kinds of sharks that we see down here is, is nothing short of incredible. And, and I think last year, I can't remember if it was last year or the year before, two years. all kind of two years ago. Yeah. Uh, my first, sighting of a live tiger shark 14 mm-hmm. foot 
Yeah. And it's, you know, 10 feet off the bow. It had cobia on and it. And have a cobia, yeah. which is a fantastic eating fish yeah. that we love to catch. Yeah, you to see something like that is truly incredible. And then, you know, down here, we have people that see great whites and tiger sharks and bull sharks are very common in mm-hmm. Florida. Yeah. You know, I remember one time I had, I did a, uh, helicopter, a helicopter yeah. ride along with our local police department and happened to ride up along the coast. And we went over some of these inlets and stuff. Look like tadpoles. Unbelievable. (laughs) Scary. Unbelievable. I mean, it's scary though it might seem. I mean, their natural predation is fish. They want fish. They're not looking for humans to eat. This is a bull shark. This is a common. People don't realize it from the tips of the Carolinas all the way to about Daytona Beach. This is a nursing ground for coastal sharks in the southeastern Atlantic. And they come in here by the gazillions. And, and, and big, big sharks. I mean, hey. J- Jeff, I know that you mentioned the tiger sharks and, and I don't know why we had such an influx Two of tiger ago. sharks to, and, and last year too, because in my lifetime now, and, and, and I've been fishing on the ocean since I was 10 years old. Um, I had seen one tiger shark, yeah. one in my life and in, in two, from two years ago and last year, I've seen probably 25 to 27 and I'm talking giant ones, ones that you're just going, Oh my God! Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're you're like you know hanging what, what, on. One of those sharks that you know the, you you want to pull that famous line out from Jaws. <laughs> I think we need a bigger, bigger boat. boat. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the cool thing too is, it, you know, you get people down here. Aside the tiger sharks are are are, are jumping black tips. Yeah, are spinner sharks. Yeah, and you take people out there, and there's a guy that just dumped over a you know a bunch of dead fish off a shrimp boat after they've called through and. Pick the shrimp from the little dead fish. The bycatch. And the bycatch, and it's floating there on the ocean, and all of a sudden you see two or three spinners come out of the water, like four or five foot long, that weigh 100 pounds. They're jumping 10, 12 feet out of the water. spinning, and people are going, what was that? (laughs) That's a shark. What? Did they jump? (laughs) Oh, yeah, they jump, and frequently, too. And No, they don't jump. Biggest shark you've ever seen, Kirk? How big and what kind? uh, Biggest one I ever saw was when Kevin and I were fishing the desert a couple years ago, and Kevin calls me and he goes, you well, what, got wait a minute, to see- we, we got to explain to people what the desert Desert is just an area uh, that, that we, it's a, we, uh, here in North Florida, we have a stretch of, of a coastline coast that's a park. It's right. Guana so State, there's no Guana houses. River State park, and, and there's no houses on the beach. Yeah. And it's an area between St. Augustine and Mayport Inlet, Jacksonville. Kevin calls me on the radio and he says, you've got to see this hammerhead. He said, it is like a mini sub. And I'm like, really? And he goes, because we talk like that all the time during right. the summer. And you're kind of going, well, he must be six foot long. And you get down there in this thing. I, I forget how big it, it was. It was 14, 16 feet. It was Hammerhead? Gig- yeah. Wow. gigantic. I mean, his his hammer was six feet. His <laughs> dorsal I mean, fin yeah. sticking out of the water made it look like a conning tower on a mini sub. Yeah, because. It was freaky. Because it, he was so, his dorsal fin was so big, Jeff, that it folded. Yeah. Yeah. It, and and then uh, a hammerhead, when he gets lit up, when he get like, all of a sudden it'll, 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 it'll just, sit. It, it'll get to stick straight up. And so you could watch him, you know, and, 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 and it would be all, and then all of a sudden he would go after something. Yeah, and I think dude, it gets stiff. It was, it was so intimidating. It's like the opposite of a gobbler and his snood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly You know, when right. he's all fanned out and his yep. snood, that thing that hangs off the top of his beak, it gets all running down along his face. Yep. And then when he gets nervous, it tightens up. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's yep. the opposite. Just the opposite. Well, that was it? the biggest one I'd ever seen. And it was, it was spooky because you're running a 24 foot boat and it's almost as big as your boat and you're going, how much does that thing weigh? It's got to weigh five, six hundred pounds. Yeah, I actually, I actually filmed one 
Um, and, and I had uh, Dr. Ralph Boggs, one, one of our, our, our local doctors here, and I had his kids. And I was running from place to place. I was about nine miles offshore. I had my, my video camera. And I was like, what is that? You know, I was, I was half a mile away from what? And it was one of those calm days. Do you see a dark patch in the water? No, I saw the wake. Ah. And, and so, so, so I said, I said, Doc, I said, you take the wheel. I said, I, I want to, so I'm, he pulls up to this literally 12 to 14, 15 foot hammerhead and it had two 10 footers with it. <laughs> and I got, yeah. it was unbelievable. And that's the biggest and, one you've ever seen? Yeah. And, and his kids were like hanging on the T-top like going, Oh my God, dad, is, is he going to come <laughs> in the boat? I mean, we, it, you could just pull right up. The, hey, that shark didn't care. Oh, we're talking there. Talking Sharks here on the Hunt Life Outdoor Show because next week's guest, the Shark Man of Cortez, Captain Bill Goldschmidt. One more segment here left with the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. As a hunter, we all know that perfect morning. You wake up early before the sun, you have a cup of coffee, grab some snacks, and start towards your stand. You have waited for this morning all year. The wind's perfect, the temperature's just right, and the bucks are in full rut. You sit in the dark, straining your ears for any little noise. The sun finally starts to filter through the trees, then it happens. A doe comes by you on a fast trot. You immediately clip your release to your bow because you know he is coming. You hear a loud grunt and see antlers. It's a buck, a big buck. You stand up trying not to concentrate on the antlers. Your hands are shaking. You can't control the trembling in your knees. You draw the bow back praying the buck continues down the trail. But as big bucks do, he turns. Your heart sinks. You have a decent shot, but not one you're comfortable with. You decide to let him go. Even though you're disappointed, you can't help but think just how cool that was. The folks at Hunt Life, they know how you feel. That's why they started Hunt Life, so we can share our outdoor experiences with each other. If you know this feeling, visit HuntLife.com, because Hunt Life knows it's all about the outdoor experience. America's number one camo pattern just got better. All new Breakup Infinity from Mossy Oak. Six layers of detail give it great depth of feel. 12 years of research give it unequal, effective design. Together, they break up Hunter's outline like never before. Check it out in stores or online at mossyoak.com. Break up infinity for Mossy Oak. It's not a passion, it's an obsession. We know the future of hunting depends on our nation's youth. But did you know that in many states, it's illegal for you to take your son or daughter hunting until the age of 12 or even older? As a result, we have fewer young hunters, and the Families of Field program is designed to eliminate those barriers. Hunting is safe, and the safest hunters of field are young people with adult mentors. Visit our website at familiesoffield.org to find out how you can bring more families afield. And now, back to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. And uh, tune in next week for the Shark Man of Cortez, Captain Bill Goldschmidt. And uh, I'm looking forward to having him on because uh, be- between now and next week, you know, I just finished up reading a book, and, and this is this book here that, uh, Kevin, you gave me. Mm-hmm. I, I, this is my my next read. Yeah. And so I'm uh, going to read up on this. and You'll, You will you will enjoy it. I, from, from the first page on, you will enjoy it, I promise you. And I'm trying to uh, uh, see in this book. Uh, exactly where somebody might be able to buy this book. If you just search, probably could go to Books a Million and get it. Shark Man of Cortez, uh, C O R T E Z. Uh, this thing was published. Uh, let me make sure here. Ocean Life Publishing. So 
Sharkman of Cortez. Check it out. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, I've got an admission to make here. Uh oh. You know, we've only got a couple minutes left. Oh, is this a confession? Yeah. Time? Well, be admission. before we like get a, a phone call. Oh, oh, oh here oh, we no. go. Oh, I like this. You know, did, did you lose a bet? No, I didn't lose oh, a bet. I like this because it's rare that we get the opportunity to hear this from him. Yeah. Yesterday, me and Humble Pie, my fishing buddy, uh, Dr. Fred uh -huh. Miles. Miles, I like this. Optometrist and Dave Edwards, our hunt life biologist. Right. Go fishing. Right. And we decide to embark on the area of Cabin Bluff Lodge, cabinbluff.com. Folks want to check it out. Where right. Dave works at now, and also he's got Tall Tines Consulting, et cetera. Right. And uh, we usually, me and Fred, usually put the whooping on Dave on the old sheep's head fish, which is oh. one of our coastal piling snapper. You got chili whopped. I got shut out. Shut out. Got chili I got shut out. Oh man! I didn't, I didn't catch fish, and uh, Fred mm. Fred had three. Mm. Dave had two. Ooh. Logman had zero. The wow. Big zero. So I just wanted to go ahead and get that out there now before we get some you know <laughs> what, phone. You guys happened? get a phone call later today. Is it like know. playing baseball or swinging a I don't know, man. I, I took my, my ibuprofen for my tennis elbow, football elbow, in preparation <laughs> of putting a, the, the hammer on some sheep's head. And, uh, had your custom made seven and a half footers. Yeah, had my custom made rods and mm -hmm. got the smackdown on Ugh. it. Just mm -hmm. didn't mm -hmm. work. Wow. Well, you know what? Just a quick I find admission. that highly enlightening and commendable yeah. that you. Took the whip. And highly unusual. And and even brought it up. Well, let me just say this to, humble to, to pie, Dave right? Edwards, our, our biologist, real quick. Hey, Dave, don't get used to that. <laughs> you know, feel good about your one-day victory because after that, <clears throat> you've got no more coming. No and we'll mercy. leave it at that here with the Hunt Life Outdoor no Show. We'll mercy. talk to everybody next week with the uh, Shark Man of Cortez right here on the Hunt Life Radio Show. Thank you for listening to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Be sure to check out the very latest in the Hunt Life by logging on to HuntLife.com. The Hunt Life Outdoor Show is a product of Hunt Life Productions. Copyright 2012.